0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jeremy Renner returns to
1: Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. I am joined today on this Thursday edition, likely when you will be listening to it, by our own Jason Caldwell and Philip Marshall, as we are now only a couple days away from Auburn's trip to Baton Rouge. And you guys, we'll, we'll kind of spend a lot of the show talking about this. You know, we'll obviously break down the game, but, you know, we've obviously got our, uh, our other show on Friday, where Bryce Kuhn from from Go Twenty Four Seven is on the podcast, and he's going to break it down from the LSU side. But you know, this is such a uh, this is such a historic rivalry of the last thirty years or so. It's 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 created so much history for its, for itself. It's not one of Auburn's longest standing rivals, but there's been so many uh, there's been so many crazy moments. And Philip, you know, I would imagine that the year after next year, I'd imagine you know twenty twenty five, they'll they'll probably play again. We don't know that for certain We don't holidays. know that, yeah. Yeah, they're going without divisions. And the thing is, too, when they play again, it'll probably be in Jordan-Hare, so we have no right. idea. We have no idea when they'll go back to Baton Rouge after this season and, you know, with them playing, correct me if I'm wrong, but playing every single year since 1992, um, it's it's just a bizarre feeling that is that not going to be on the schedule next year.
1: Yeah, it's been uh <laughs>
0: It's been it's been quite a series with a
1: lot of twists and turns and uh, uh it's been fun it's uh, I mean it's been blowouts and close games and it's hard feelings and you name it, it's been there uh, it's been fun to watch and you know up, up until uh until Saban got back to Alabama. Most of the most of the time in the early part of this century, I guess, the winner of that game was was had the leg up on going to Atlanta. I mean, Auburn Auburn missed going to Atlanta on on five missed field goals in two thousand and five, and on a touchdown pass with one second left in two thousand and seven. So uh, it's been fun. Seen, thought jordan Hare stadium was on fire in 1996 that was before the <laughs> when the when the barn burned and uh playing a football game with ash falling out of the sky that was that was interesting but uh yeah the first time i ever went to, to a game at lsu uh, i went there for an auburn when auburn played him in 1972 and LSU beat it mercil- mercilessly, thirty-five to seven, and that was the only game Auburn lost that year. So uh,
0: it's been fun. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy that we've had in one series, not one but two, you know, fire games. Because you also had the 2016, my first Auburn LSU game, where. Auburn wins at the last second, you know, or LSU thinks it's going to win. I think that was a Danny Etling LSU team, I believe. Um, but Deshaun Davis has got his hands up as the play is snapped. Obviously, they rule that the play didn't get off. Auburn wins the game. Everyone goes to Toomer's Corner, and then uh, somebody comes and just lights the tree on fire. And, uh, I mean, ever since then, it's been an extremely close series. You know, F- Phillip mentioned there's there's been some really decisive wins on both sides, but Jason recently – that's not been the case. So if you pass the 2015 game, the Jeremy Johnson game, where they go into Baton Rouge and just and just get destroyed, um, the past eight meetings between these teams, only one game has been decided by more than five points, and it was that 2020 game where TJ Finley I think had like four turnovers for LSU Auburn, just Bo Nix and Anthony Schwartz just destroyed them in Germany. Forty-eight 80. to eleven,
1: yeah, yeah, forty-eight
0: to 11, a 37 point win for Auburn. Other than that game, Jason. Doesn't matter if it's a national championship LSU team. It doesn't matter if it's a if it's a really good Auburn team. This has been a really, really close series. And uh, LSU is a double digit favorite on Saturday, but history will tell us that it'll it'll be another tight game.
2: Yeah. This that's the way this series is. And you know, Philip mentioned some of the games that stand out to me. To, probably 94 games, probably the one that stands out to most Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 94 and two thousand 94 the interception game where it's still the most unlikely football game I've, I've ever seen. And I don't imagine seeing one any more unlikely than that game was Jamie Howard and Curly Hallman. We've seen two Auburn LSU games that directly led to an LSU coach getting fired. We have seen that. Um, and so that one was, that one was a wild one. I think about that one in 2004 was really the coming out party for that offense with Jason Campbell hitting Courtney Taylor for a touchdown. And you, you kind of go, okay, now they start to kind of get a feel for it, and that was kind of the moment it happened. Um, heck, Cam Newton, that might have been his Heisman moment, even in twenty in twenty ten. And so, we've seen some games of Jordan Hair that were important and big. The ones that stick out to me are the missed ones in in, in Baton Rouge. Um, Philip mentioned two of them. John Vaughn, a guy that was really accurate his entire career, just had a game to forget in two thousand five. Demetrius Bird, two thousand seven. I mean, Les Miles gets. As as fortunate as you can possibly get um, by deciding to throw the ball up when all he had to do was kick a field goal and and got away with a touchdown and, and won the game. Um, you now even you know even just a couple of years ago we saw you know we we saw an Auburn team go out there and and, and just 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 bombard LSU to start a game. Um, you know in 2017 and and then didn't score again and 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 got beat. Heck. I mean, we've seen it over and over again. Obviously, Bo Nix is playing 2021, 20, but in 2019, I mean, they had opportunities. Um, you get a running back that runs out of bounds. he scores a touchdown, who knows what happens? They have to kick a field goal. I mean, there's some strange things that have happened. A lot of them, the biggest ones happen in terms of craziness in Auburn, but in terms of impacting Auburn's game and season, they've been a lot of those in Baton Rouge too. So um, it's going to be yeah, – you're right. Um, another one that – um, you know, normally a lot of times it's come down to Auburn making a mistake or LSU just making a crazy play. Uh, Trenton Holiday returning a punt for a touchdown that flips the momentum of a game. I mean, there's been a lot – there's so many of those situations that happen in Baton Rouge, and I'd expect something else crazy to happen again Saturday night. You know, uh, Jason, one thing that kind of gets lost
1: in that 2007 game, Auburn scored with not a whole lot of time left to take the lead, 24-23. to And then they tried to – they were so scared of Holiday back there. Squid they it. tried to squid the kickoff. And the LSU guy really just accidentally knocks the ball down and LSU gets the ball right around midfield instead of being backed up. And uh, now why they chose to throw the ball on that last play, I mean, it worked, but if if Gerard Powers had turned his head, it wouldn't have worked.
2: Yeah, and and, uh, he, was, he, was right. he was as close – I mean, he covered him as close as you can get. I mean, yeah. it's just a great play. Yeah, if the ball bounces away, clock probably runs out, game's over with, and it's the most yeah. – well, until last Saturday, it's it's one of the most egregious coaching decisions you could possibly make. But uh, it worked out for Les Miles, as a lot of
0: things usually did, even though they didn't, they didn't deserve a lot of them. Yeah, I'll never forget the um, 2016 game. You mentioned it, Jason. Like, Coach, yeah, I mean, Les Miles got fired the next day, I believe. And uh, you know, a lot of people I remember on Twitter saying Daniel Carlson has has fired, has made the decision to fire Les Miles. And yeah, because all, all Auburn had to do was was kick field goals in that game when we were leaving um, practice yesterday, and they're blasting the the LSU ban at, at Auburn's practice. I told this story to the couple people we were leaving with, but um philip i don't know if i've told you this one before but we're it's 2017 and um i was in auburn's band and i, I was in the pet band so they just took you know a small group down there um i think they're taking the full band this time anyway um we had neck you know the song they're not allowed to play in there anymore although i think they do it every once in a while and just take the fine we had that in our sheet like like over the years auburn had played it sometimes you know and so we had learned it we had learned it we but it hadn't been pulled out in forever but it's in our it's in our binder and auburn goes up i think will hastings catches it a wide open touchdown in like the second quarter it's 20 to nothing and our usually usually subdued dr sperlin the band director usually very level-headed is just getting really really fired up and he decides to call nick for us to play um, you know, he called the number 41, whatever you want to call it. And we're flipping to him. We're like, wait a minute. Like, he's he's about to play neck in Tiger Stadium. Of course, their fans boo and go crazy because, yeah, obviously, you know, they're hating somebody else playing their song. And then from that point, LSU scores how many unanswered. And we'll
2: <laughs> go the rest of the way, something like that.
0: Yeah. Um, and DJ Chark, the punt return, was right in front of our face. Yeah, the funny thing about that punt return,
1: there was a – I mean flavorant block in the back, where he caught the ball, and uh that wasn't called. I think in some ways the the two thousand twenty one game might have been as ugly an atmosphere as i've ever I've ever witnessed. uh You had to go back to two thousand nineteen, Auburn won forty one to seven in Baton Rouge, and it was what Tupperville used to designate a cigar game. Yeah, 99-2001. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. They used to designate a cigar game, and that was the LSU game. And they won, and they were smoking cigars, and they came out on the field to take pictures. Had nothing to do with trying to tone LSU. But uh, then uh, all these LSU fans that claim to have seen it, I'm telling you, they didn't see it. They They were gone at the end of the third (laughs) quarter. Correct. Long gone. At the end of that game, there was the ten thousand or so Auburn people down there in the corner, and that was it. <laughs> and uh, uh, but they they stayed, They were just they built up all kind of anger about that. And the two thousand two thousand, uh, I mean two thousand and one game was, I mean Auburn's team doctor got in a fight. People trying to get on the bus. In the bus, yes. It was. Uh, it was that the game up. when Damon Duval got Duval almost got in a fight
2: with a band yeah, member? It was, it was wasn't it? because it. it it had remember that was nine eleven so the game got moved to the end of the moved year. moved after the Iron Bowl yeah so, yeah so it, it had even more added importance yes and um, to this day I've been on I've been on the field every game other than the Peach Bowl in two thousand one and in, in Atlanta I've been on the field every game for twenty four years. Nothing compares, even close to the hostility that was that was yeah. in that that day. Um, I, just, I just remember Philip Lolly walking on the field and said, this saw something I've never feen- seen before. We just got mooned by Santa Claus." And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, it was a it was a different world that day for sure. There's no question about it. Much much better. I mean, it's still a great atmosphere. It's been it's steadily." Gotten to where it's just, you know, a, another great place to play now for Auburn, uh, thankfully. You know, yeah, you know, I think that uh,
1: it's obviously a tough place to play for anybody. But, and Jason may, but y'all both may disagree with me, but I've just never seen it as, I've never really seen it as being particularly different from any other big stadium
2: in a big game. Well, it's, it's like, it's like most places. It's really difficult to play somewhere when they're good. Yeah, and exactly. That's, that's Tiger stadium. They've been pretty doggone good. And now at night it is it, it, because the, the atmosphere is definitely more charged at night. There's no question about that. It's a much, yeah, I think all things being equal, the same teams putting that game at six o'clock versus two thirty, I think makes a difference, but it's not that huge amount. Well, I think everybody likes to play at night. Right. These days. I think so. I think it. I think it impacts that just like it does in Auburn. I think it's the same right. thing. Um, and so I think that's that's part of it. But yeah, it's it, it's hard to win on the road in the SEC. Exactly. Know? And when you put good teams, you know, I mean, just think about Auburn. Auburn has pretty good teams that have gone to Tuscaloosa and hadn't played very well. That's a the place they won a bunch before Nick Saban got there. Yeah. A lot better now than they were then. And so it makes it makes the stadium a lot harder because that team's pretty doggone yeah, good. Who,
1: who lives at that stadium
2: has a lot to do with how hard it is right. to play. I, mean, there. That's, that's, I, I think about Tennessee. Uh-huh. Everybody talks about Tennessee going, I guess one of the hardest places in the country to play. Well, it is when they're good. It was really tough to win there when Peyton Manning was quarterback and T. Martin. Yeah. It ain't been that hard lately. Yeah, and then um, it was easy getting, for Georgia State it, to win there. <laughs> it's getting more difficult again because they're getting better, and I think that's LSU. It's it is a great environment, but the team and how good they are makes it the ultimate decision on how tough a place is to play.
0: Yeah, and even like talking to some of the Auburn players this week, I was particularly had a good time talking to like the transfer guys who have never you know I mean, they went to texas a&m and they just played you know, auburn just played georgia and they, and they were all very certain you know they were all very clearly saying yeah, everyone's talking about lsu and we're obviously excited to go but it was brian Petit and larry nixon both said it's going to be a high bar to clear though from what we just saw against georgia and we're kind of just hanging out with with nixon after he finishes and he was saying yeah I, it's you know he's asking us about baton rouge because he's got a bunch of family that's going to come over Being be a, being a texas guy they're going to make the trip over and he was saying A and M was all right, but I told him, yeah, it's 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 going to be a lot better this time. Talking about the Georgia environment, I said, well, just wait till y'all get Ole Miss at night next week, and you get your first big night game. Yeah. And so I, I, that goes back to what we were just talking about. Like everybody, it's just to me, but to me, Baton Rouge, and I, I've, I've never seen it at night. I've only been twice, seventeen and nineteen. I didn't go and I didn't go in two thousand twenty one because that was the that was the COVID stuff, and so I've never seen it at night before. So I'm excited for that. But yeah, everybody, I feel like has the. Has a bit more charged up energy, but it to me, it's just Baton Rouge is weird. It's just it's it's this sort of odd aura over the stadium and and outside the stadium, and it just and I think in a lot of it has to do with the traditions that even somebody like Hugh Freeze has been complimenting this week. When all that stuff starts to build up, you you really start to feel like you've got an advantage because it's all it's all your things. It's not the uh it's not the away team's things that you're doing at the game, and so yeah, I've never. I mean I think the, I think 19 went into the night. I think maybe it finished when the sun was down, but most of that game was during the day. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited for, I'm really excited for that. I think you know, kickoff will easily be when the sun is down this time.
1: Well, I think obviously one thing that causes places to be more charged at night is people have been in the parking lot all day <laughs> and have had a bit to, had a bit to drink.
2: Yeah, you yeah, know it. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a. Uh, I would say charged would be the word uh, environment. <laughs> um, but it is it, it now. It is it's. In it, all things being equal, it's one of my favorite places to go because they do have these things that go on, and whether it's the band and and you know Colin Baton Rouge, that there's things that are uniquely college football that make it a fun place to go. Yeah. And so we'll see. Hey, can Auburn now go and make it a fun place to go before, during, and after? We'll, we'll see come Saturday night because right. all those things are fun. But if you if you leave with a loss, then then all you remember is, hey, what happened in the game? Hey, Nathan, they used
1: to – when when Mike the Tiger, who was a real Tiger, was alive, they brought him to the games. And, they, you know, they had like a to- cage they towed. And they would put it. And they would put that cage right outside the visitors' locker room, now twenty feet away.
2: <laughs> and then this they is, would beat they on that cage. and they would beat on that cage to make sure he growled and roared as much.
0: <laughs> somebody finally decided, you know what? That's probably not a good idea. We don't. Need I was about to anything. say, I'm not. Is that the most humane thing you could do? No, well, not it's, not.
2: Uh, it's pretty much one of the reasons why it doesn't happen anymore. But yeah, no, they he the, the visiting you know tunnel comes out in that corner of the end zone and they would park that they park it right on the side, right there on the, on the side of the field and let him go get off a little bit. So, um, <laughs> yep. Another one of those things that's gone by the wayside, but definitely a memory that, uh, <laughs> I think about every once in a while.
0: Yeah. I wonder if that maybe they should try the, the scare tactics with Auburn's Eagle at some point. Cause I feel like people don't, I feel like people don't, they go up to the Eagle and they want to take pictures and look at it and they don't realize a how loud it is when it starts squawking and how big and, it is and b when it flaps its wings how big the wingspan is yeah. i mean if you're near that thing and it flaps you can feel it like 15 feet away and you better hope it doesn't get his claws on you too yeah yeah, yeah there's there's lots of things to go hey that, i wouldn't uh, care about getting that close
2: to that eagle myself I'm, I'm pretty good using my camera to get a photo i don't need yeah, any. mike footage. was at least in a cage yes <laughs>
0: Well, uh, you guys, I, I, you know, I know Auburn fans and LSU fans alike. You know, talking to our people over on on that site this week, I, they've they've also you know this rivalry has held a really special place just because of how many memories it's produced, and so hopefully this last one before we go divisionless and who knows what it's going to look like and when they're going to go there again. Hopefully, this last one delivers and is another fun addition of this game. We've we've been talking about this game all week and the matchups and. Jason, you wrote about it today as we record this here on, I guess this was Wednesday. Record this here on Wednesday. um, You know, Hugh Free said it. Jaden Daniels, this is not the kind of player. You know, how do you stop Jaden Daniels? I mean, you're not really trying to stop him. Um, The biggest thing for Auburn in this game might be to do what they've done actually pretty well in, in a few different spots this season. You create turnovers and you limit some possessions. And then on the other side of the ball, you run the ball well all of a sudden you've given him only you know you've given him two or three less drives over the course of a game to create all that magic and create all those points. I just think that's the biggest key for Auburn in this game Jason because as as, as bad as LSU's defense is and as much as this could be a get right game for Auburn's offense, it's the baseline is like 31 points uh, yeah it
2: I, I said it, it, if you're Auburn you, 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 you probably feel comfortable that this game was in the 20s. Even if it's the high 20s, once you cross that 30 threshold, then if you're Auburn, you start going. I don't know about getting there against anybody, and you're right, especially if you're trying to limit possessions. Then that's going to mean you got less opportunities to score and do some of those things as well. So, um, yeah, I, there, there's a couple things for me: got to limit explosive plays, got to make Jaden Daniels and LSU have some eight, nine, ten play drives, because if you give them chunk yardage plays and allow them to score in a minute and a half. Then it puts a lot more pressure on it. If you can, if you can kind of make them grind it out a little bit, even though it will wear on your defense a little bit, I think where they where they thrive are those big chunk yardage plays. And we've seen, I mean, Jaden Daniels, I think second in the country in, in yards per attempt as a passer. Um, that's one of the things that Auburn has done a pretty good job of. Obviously, getting Jalen Simpson back healthy and, and being in the middle outfield would be huge for for Auburn. I would expect him to play on Saturday night. But to me, that that's. That's where it starts if you're offers defense. Go look, limit explosive plays, and you're right. Playing anybody, but especially in this game against that offense, create a couple of turnovers. And they hadn't done a bunch of that. If you can do some of those things, get the ball back to your offense, that'd be a, that'd be a good start to trying to win this game.
1: I agree, and you know, and obviously the two turnovers they forced against Georgia had a lot to do with them being in it right till the end. And uh, but I also think that on offense, they can't just go out there and say we're going to run the ball every down. LSU, their stats aren't good, but they have they have some, some future NFL guys up front. And if they're not going, if you're not going to put pressure on them throwing the ball, then it's going to be hard to run the ball and uh uh their secondary has been terrible and you know it's it's kind of some of the stuff i've read this year this week uh kelly talking about well after this point we only gave up this many points and the same thing with lincoln riley said well yeah but if you look back after it was 17 to nothing the problem is it was 17 nothing correct and uh, uh, so, but can Auburn take advantage of that? And I don't think anybody knows that answer.
2: That's the million dollar question for this team, you know. And and I thought about it throughout the day. If you're Auburn, can you take the next step? I thought. I thought even from Cal, don't, I don't even look at Sanford. Even from Cal to Texas A and M, I thought as an offense. They took some steps forward. Now, they didn't execute them, and they didn't do some things. But I thought, okay, that looks more like it should look. In Georgia, it looked a lot more like it should look. Yeah. So execute. Can you take the next step and execute a few of those things? I don't think anybody expects Auburn to go out and throw for 300 yards. No. Can you get, can you get to 175 and make a couple of plays? Can you do that to offset? You're right, to offset because Mason Smith and, and those guys up front, Harold, Harold, you know, Perkins, they got some dudes still. Yeah. And if you say, hey, buddy, we ain't going to try to throw it anymore. I don't care. I don't care who you're playing. It's hard to do that. Um, And so, yeah, can I think that's it. Nathan, we talked about it before. Can you show improvement? If they can improve from the Georgia game to Saturday, even if you don't win, if you can do that, then you can feel pretty good about where you're going as you get come home to Ole Miss.
0: Yeah, I saw right. somebody on Twitter this week say, if you can't do it in this game, then you're going to be hard pressed. Or they said, you know, if, if you can't find your offense in this game, then there needs to be some tough conversations. I j- I, you need to see improvement, but yeah, at the same if time, it looks yeah. awful. Then that's, yeah. Correct. But I think people also need to realize that this is another tough road spot. I mean, AM is not the same, but you still got to go on the road. And B, I, I have a concern in this game, or at least, you. Know, something that i think could cause problems for auburn like you said jason this is a good defensive line in terms of talent they have not played very well there there's a trend this week that i'm paying attention to they made changes against missouri during the game it goes to Phillips' point of well at this point in the game we did this but you had already given up 29 points Is a chicken or the egg yep but they did kind of find some rhythm and brian kelly's been saying the past couple weeks we want to just strip this thing that Hugh free some teleconference today. They're playing. They're playing such basic defense because they feel like they can't throw that many complexities. My, my point is that defensive line, the, the Texas A&M game, like you said, Jason, they did some things, but there were there were drives that felt like they just exploded immediately because it was a good defensive front that was just just blowing it up at the point of attack. LSU is not that team. But they do have the talent, and that is a, it's a concern for me to assume an offense is just going to, oh, Thorne's just going to sling it around against a bad secondary. Not if he's got a rusher in his face right away because their defensive line is starting to figure things out and they're playing at home and playing with some confidence. And so, you know, I just this, think, talking about, well, if you up. don't
1: do that in this game, then that means you can't do something else in another game. I never paid any attention to that. Uh, one of Coach Dye's favorite sayings was, who you play has a lot to do with how you look. <laughs> that, and that's exactly right. And, uh, uh, you know, to me, every game stands alone. If uh, if Peyton Thorne goes out and has a career game against the LSU, it doesn't mean he's going to do it in the next game and vice versa. So, uh, it, to me, every game kind of stands alone. And uh, I do think this defense, this Auburn defense, has has done a remarkable job Considering who they don't have out there. Uh, if you told them going into the season, you're not gonna have uh Keontae Scott, you're not gonna have Keys. Uh McLeod's gonna be in and out. They yeah. thought they were in real trouble. And yeah. uh but uh and and you know, hopefully by the end of the season all those guys will be back and then but, but Ron Roberts has done a great job. Now this is a whole different kind of challenge, and uh, uh yeah, we can get it'd be interested to see what they come up with. But the yeah. biggest thing I agree with what Jason said earlier: you just you got to limit the explosive plays. You got yeah. to and to,
2: and, do, uh, to do that. You're to have four, a chance. You
1: got to do that,
2: and your front four has to play because the more guys you have to send. At a guy like this, the more trouble spot you're going to leave yourself open to. So this is a game where Marcus Harris, we're going to get to see more of Keldrick Falk. I don't think there's any question about that. All right. Um, Keldrick Falk, Jason Jones, Justin Rogers, uh, looks like he is starting to to find it a little bit more. Can you find some play and production from those guys up front um, against an LSU offensive line that's had some issues? Yeah. Um, They've, they've had some struggles at times, even though, they've, even though they've racked up thousands of yards and points. Um, can this Auburn defensive line go make some plays? Because when you have to add a Eugene Asante in and a Cam Riley in or a Donovan Kaufman in in a blitz mode, then you're putting a whole lot of pressure on a secondary, especially when you got a guy that can dance and make one guy miss and all of a sudden there's nobody at the second level. What happened right. last week? That's why the front four for Auburn's defense is as important this week as they've been all season. Yeah, a
1: lot of times fans want you to blitz all the time, and that's great if you are getting there all the time. But if you're not, that's right. a problem.
2: Heck, you can even get there against this guy. But if you get there and and he makes the guy, that guy miss, then there's nobody yep. left, and and it's it you're gonna have to show him a bunch of different looks. And you've had a, you've had a bye week to do that. A bunch of different looks, and and try to create Nate. He's played played a whole bunch of football. It's gonna be hard to confuse him, but you uh, to confuse some other guys. They got some young offensive linemen that are stepping in. Um, BJ Chester, kid that Auburn recruited, stepped in at center uh, when when Charles got hurt last week and played a pretty good bit. You might see a, a couple of different young guys in 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 this offense. Can you throw some things at them, maybe that that give you an, an advantage every once in a while? I think you got to try everything
0: you can this weekend. Yeah, Auburn do, Auburn doesn't have you know up front. They don't have a Jared Verse. You know they don't they don't have the NFL talent Florida State did. But at the same time, I don't think it's far fetched to say this is the next best defense, maybe in terms of execution, and may, and maybe in terms of talent that LSU has faced since then. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, it 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 would be it's not. I don't think it's Arkansas
2: defensively. Um, I mean, Missouri has some 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 guys, and so it be be similar. But I don't. I think Auburn is much better in secondary than Missouri is. And, you know, even though you know, in a straight straw, those guys are pretty good. Um, it comes back to to pressure. Can you get there with with your three or four guys? Um, zone blitz looks whatever. That's it. Because the more guys you have to send, the more trouble you're going to bring on. I, I believe this week.
0: Yeah, and you know, Philip, you wrote about Jalen Simpson this week, and he's he's been absolutely fantastic this season. Easily one of the most productive players in the country. But like like Jason was saying, those guys you saw it against Brock Bowers. I know he wasn't really on the field, but just talking about Auburn. You know, Auburn has talent in the secondary, but defensive back is one of those positions where sometimes your success is not entirely dictated on your yourself. Sometimes you are way out of position if the quarterback can dance around, you know, I was trying to, you know, I was asking guys this week about, you know, Hey, how do you, it's easy, you know, it's easy to just say, Oh, you know, contain him and don't let him scramble outside the pocket. But talking to Zion Puckett, talking to Jalen Simpson, they said, you got to plaster the receivers down the field. And look, they've got Malik neighbors. They've got Brian Thomas. Sometimes that's just hard to do. And so Auburn's defensive front, I am interested to see, what because Ron Roberts, like you said, Philip, he's been really impressive with a game plan at pretty much every single game. They haven't really been overwhelmed against anybody. I am interested to see true dual threat quarterback in terms of how he moves around in the pocket and how he kind of moves your defense around. What do we see in terms of a spy? What do we see at that star position that he loves so much? Is this a, is this a game where maybe he starts to flex some more versatility at that position? It's just going to be such an interesting defensive matchup, but it does, like Jason said, it does come down so much to the defensive front because DJ James is really good. You know, he's he's one of the better corners in the country right now in terms of his coverage, but uh, he's not going to be able to do much if he has to sit there and try to cover. You somebody.
1: can't cover those guys forever. I mean, you just can't. And uh, uh, and and they got a they got a difficult uh, mix because I mean, if you do cover them, the quarterback can run and. Uh, and if you're playing man-to-man defense back there, you can have problems. And uh, so, look, I, I think that LSU is favored and should be. But history says that this will be a close game. And if it's a close game, then it just depends on what happens.
2: It comes down to those three or four Yeah. Plays that Auburn hasn't made at A and M and didn't make against Georgia. Exactly. Can you make those three or four plays? And that's that's the difference. I mean, what well, well, I mean it's it's old school for me, but it's it, it it's been thirty years ago now. But I watched an Auburn undefeated season in nineteen ninety three where they had about six of those games that came down to those three or four plays, and they made them every time. They made them every time, exactly. And that's hey, 2010 was a lot like that too. We had three or four of them in that season. Even I mean, you had to drive the length of the field to beat Kentucky. Correct. Yeah, Mississippi Uh, State. You had Clemson. I mean, there were several of those. Obviously, Alabama. Um, That's that's what it takes. And for this team, it's going to take those three or four in every one of these games that you have in in league play. Maybe not Vanderbilt, but I mean, going on the road, you don't know, but. You're going to have to make those three or four plays for this team because they're just not good enough to go out and overwhelm people. Yeah, there's not there's not much margin for error. Correct, and he and,
1: he and uh, doesn't mean you can't win, but yeah. well, you you got to do what you're talking about. You got to you got to make those crucial plays, and that's you know chances are sometimes you will and sometimes you
2: won't. And, and but and, uh, historically, Auburn hasn't made those in Baton Rouge. Um, it's been LSU that's made those plays in Baton Rouge, and can this well, except for the last time. Yep, except for the last time. That's it. Nix made one of
1: the greatest plays I've ever seen.
2: You had you had ninety three when Auburn made them. Um, ninety seven. Um, you know, Rusty Williams, Amy, and Craig—they made some plays down there that year. Um, been a long time in between that, though. A lot of a lot of times down there, and and most of the time those plays fell on LSU side. And can Auburn make those plays Saturday night? If they can, then it's going to be another game in the fourth quarter where they got a chance to win. Nineteen ninety-seven, Cecil the Diesel Collins. That was it. <laughs>
0: that was a that was quite a game. Yeah, you know, my big one of my biggest things too was this last game against Georgia. Not only did they get those two turnovers, a I thought they were timely in terms of keeping you, you know, first quarter, first quarter. Jalen Simpson gets that interception. You didn't need the energy from from Jordan Hair, but you kind of got it. And then coming right out of the gates in third quarter to you give yourself them. MM. Not only they get them, they score off them. They have touchdowns. to do that. If they don't score off of them, no chance. Score touchdowns on both of those opportunities, and and yeah.
2: Um, but you, know, you you get down inside the twenty, come up empty, failed fourth down. You have another short short yardage opportunity that you you couldn't convert on. Those are the types of plays that you'll have to make. Um, You've Got to make. That's right. You got to make those
1: plays. Yeah. You got to make those plays. If you don't, you're going to lose. Just it, you know, I don't think it, you know, Georgia is probably the best team in the league, but playing Georgia at Jordan hare and LSU and Baton Rouge are not the same thing. And yeah,
2: this, uh, is, this is probably a more difficult matchup, even though Georgia is a better team. Yeah, I, I, exactly.
0: I would agree. Yep. And for that reason, I, and you know, spoiler and none of us, you know, in the forecasters and obviously picked Auburn to win this game, but all of us are saying they have an opportunity um, to do that. But like Jason said earlier, if you are, and we said this, we said this going from A&M to Georgia and into the bye week I, I mean, I expect Auburn to go in there and, and play well. I, I don't think this is going to be a game where they, especially after the bye week I think that's going to make a difference. But if you're Auburn and you, you, you mentioned those steps, Jason, I thought that's really important, especially with, the SEC's number one scoring offense, especially the SEC's number two scoring offense on Tech next weekend, you have to continue to take those steps. If you go in there, you score three or four touchdowns, and you and you have a lot more success. Um, Peyton Thorne, like you said, if he if he's able to continue to progress, you feel like you know, maybe it can, maybe another receiver. That's something we haven't talked about either. Like, Is another receiver going to step up in this RPO yeah. game? That's something I may be looking for. If you do all that, but you turn it over late, and you just can't slow down Jaden Daniels, and you end up, you're losing by seven, losing by 10. The sky is not going to be falling by any means, even though you're 0-3 in the league. It's just this is a team where we knew because of this part of the schedule, we knew it was going to be really tough to get wins here, but you can't let yourself get too low, especially with next Saturday. I do I do think that's a really good opportunity for them. They've got to make sure that they, they've got their heads held high and, and can take advantage of a crowd against Ole Miss. Yeah. Hey, there
1: aren't too many teams in the country that would want, would want a dose of Auburn's last three games.
2: Yeah. Uh, three weeks in a row against yeah, these three coming up uh, or four yeah four weeks really with Ole Miss coming up next week. Yep. You're talking about four straight games that at Texas a and Georgia at home, at LSU and Ole Miss at home I and mean, you get say, okay, yeah, bite off some of that again, um, but if you can take strides, then then you can go, hey, look hey guys, we survived this. Maybe it didn't come turn out the way we wanted it to, even if you don't win, like you said, Nathan, but you, you're right, you mentioned something we hadn't talked about can they find somebody to, to be a playmaker wide receiver? If they got to find somebody that, that can be a consistent guy. And, and, yes, got to get help from quarterback, got to get help from the offensive line. But we saw against Georgia and, and even A&M, there were a couple of throws that weren't very good, but there were a couple of balls that were thrown good at A&M too that, that weren't caught. Um, can you find somebody to go, hey, you know, we talked about it. I mean, it's been an ongoing theme the last three or four years. Can you find somebody that catches that ten yard pass, makes a guy miss, and takes it sixty to the house? That's what this team needs to find right now. I don't know if they have that guy on, on the roster or not. Um, maybe it's Brian Batey. Maybe it's maybe you throw it to the running back a bunch more. He's been really good. Um, but you got to find your playmakers, and and that's the the first step to finding something on offense.
0: Yeah, and this is you know, you come out of this one. And you feel like you've taken steps backwards, then it's time to be like, "Oh, okay." Now you're in a situation where are you 0 four to start league play against Ole Miss? Your ball eligibility is in, you know, is in is in question, and you know things aren't really turning out the way you wanted to in your first year. And so that's why it's it's so important for the, just this upward trajectory for them um, to continue to be on display. And so much of that for them so far for this team has had to do with execution. Um, you know, they're, they've played some of the best opponents in the country. Like we were just talking about Uh, one of the toughest stretches for any team that any team in college football could play. Um, but so far, a lot of it has come down to what Auburn hasn't done as opposed to who's been on the other side. And so we'll see if that's the case on Saturday. (laughs) Um, unless you guys have anything else might wrap it there. Um, been going about 40 minutes or so now. Hope everybody enjoyed this show. Um, I definitely enjoyed get always, always enjoy getting to hear, Um, You know, stories of old rivalries from from Jason and Phillip and old games. Um, And now it's going to be a rivalry that is probably after after uh, after next year. We'll see if it ever comes up as an annual thing again. But for now, as they're about to no longer be SEC West's foes, it is no longer going to be a yearly series for Auburn LSU. So hopefully this last one is able to deliver on the craziness we've come to expect from this game. If you guys enjoyed this show, go leave us a five star review. That's the number one thing that helps us. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him, Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Until the next episode, which will be on Friday morning, again with go 24 our LSU site, they will be previewing the game with us from their perspective. Always enjoy that. We will catch you guys later. Everybody enjoy the game this weekend. We'll talk to you all soon.